Section 18, Chapter 12, Part 1 of The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson by DeWitt C. Peters. Section 18, Chapter 12, Part 1. A command of six hundred men is sent against Los Angeles. The Mexican army evacuates the town. Its capture. Rumors of an attack to be made on Fremont's command. The Mexicans surrender. The winter quarters. Kit Carson is ordered to carry dispatches overland to Washington. Lieutenant Beale accompanies him. A night attack made by the Indians. Arrival in the United States. Kit Carson's introduction to Colonel Benton and Mrs. Fremont. Hospitality offered to him at Washington. Kit Carson receives the appointment of lieutenant in the rifle corps of the U.S. Army from President Polk. He is ordered to carry dispatches to California. The Journey. A brush with the Comanche Indians. Arrival at Santa Fe. More trouble with hostile Indians. Arrival at Los Angeles. Dispatches delivered. Kit Carson is assigned to duty with the dragoons, is ordered to guard Tahoe Pass. The winter spent there, is ordered again to carry dispatches to Washington, the journey and its adventures, the return to New Mexico. One month elapsed before the forces of the United States that were concentrated at San Diego were entirely recruited and in fine trim for taking the field again. At the expiration of this time, a command of 600 men was detailed for the purpose of capturing Los Angeles. The commanding officers of this force were General Kearney and Commodore Stockton. At Los Angeles was assembled the main strength of the Mexicans then in California. The number of their fighting men was about 700. Towards this town the Americans took up their line of march, and in the course of a few days they arrived within 15 miles of it. The Mexican forces had taken a strong position on a hill nearby where they had pitched their tents and strongly fortified their camp. Between the Americans and the enemy's camp ran a small river. It was decided to postpone the attack until the following day. Early the next morning, General Kearney ordered two pieces of artillery to be brought to bear upon the Mexican position. The guns were so well and successfully served that the Mexicans were forced to break up their camp. As soon as this state of things became apparent, General Kearney and Commodore Stockton crossed the river and marched on the town. On entering Los Angeles, they found it had been evacuated by the Mexicans, and that only a few stragglers remained in or near the place. From some of these they learned that the retreating army had gone to attack Colonel Fremont, who, with a force of 400 Americans collected in Monterey, was also on the march for Los Angeles. It turned out afterwards that the Mexicans succeeded in finding Colonel Fremont, but for unknown reasons failed to give him battle, as they had boasted they would, but instead they gave him the preference over the other American commanders by surrendering to him. Colonel Fremont continued his journey and finally reached Los Angeles, where he and all the officers and men heretofore spoken of as engaged in this campaign rested for the winter and managed to pass the time very agreeably considering their remote position carson who had for a great length of time been rendering valuable services to kearney rejoined fremont when that officer arrived in town 
and once more enrolled himself on his old commander's muster roll we have said that the cold and dreary winter days were passed at los angeles as agreeably and happily as the circumstances of the case would permit this is only true to a certain extent it was at los angeles and during this winter that the seeds of discord were first sown between the rival commanders and the plot carefully laid which finally led to colonel fremont's court-martial ranked with its green-eyed monster jealousy which is ever watching with a restless and caustic determination to snatch from the subaltern his hard-earned laurels was actively at work during these winter months by the program cut and dried the ambitious young soldier who was nobly breasting the conflicts against the enemies of his country was to be summarily put down and his career quickly guillotined these ungenerous plans had their birth and were carefully fostered at los angeles but the wise decrees of the american people ever just in the cause of truth although tardy came at last to the rescue and stamped the course with its approval and complete endorsement which had led the bold explorer to unfurl the standard of his country over the modern el dorado in this view the course of the mexican forces at los angeles in surrendering their swords to colonel fremont becomes significant a brave though fallen enemy seldom fails to admire a heroic chivalrous and discreet victor the choice here plainly indicated between colonel fremont and general kearney we repeat is sufficiently significant in colonel fremont the fallen chieftains of the brave californian mexicans discerned all the qualities which make up true nobility of character many of the men under him were well known to the mexicans as being upright honorable and generous for many years they had lived among them hence we discover the reasons of their preference in laying down their arms in their presence kit carson took no active part in these unhappy differences but his simple action in leaving general kearney's command and re-enlisting under his old commander shows plainly to a discerning public that he could not be alienated from his friend by acts of injustice it also spoke more significantly than words that he adjudged his friend to have performed in the behalf of his country meritorious actions and great service such was kit carson's view and no man was capable of forming a better judgment in the premises than he as an occupant of an inferior rank he then kept his counsel to himself the time has at last arrived when he should fully and appropriately express his opinion though that opinion he is well aware has been rendered entirely unnecessary by the honorable mention since attached to the name of fremont by the highest officer in the american service by the recommendation to the president of the officers of the court to commute the sentence and by the president of the united states in appointing unsolicited the court-martialed conqueror of california to the high and important trust of commissioner to run the boundary line between the united states and mexico and finally by the spontaneous outburst of enthusiasm which greeted the name of john c fremont from around the firesides of the american people when his name was placed at the head of one of the great political parties of the nation it is not for or against regulations that these remarks are directed the transactions with which they deal have not been forgotten they are recorded as historical facts and as such are always open for investigation or deductions in the month of march eighteen forty seven kit carson was ordered to carry important dispatches to the war department at washington lieutenant beale who was still a great invalid was permitted to accompany him 
in order to show the regard which kit carson entertained for this brave officer and also to portray to the reader the goodness of heart which has ever been the actuating impulse in all of kit carson's actions we will give his own words in relating this part of his adventures he says lieutenant beale went with me as a bearer of dispatches intended for the navy department during the first twenty days of our journey he was so weak that i had to lift him on and off of his riding animal i did not think for some time that he could live but i bestowed as much care and attention on him as any one could have done under the circumstances before the fatiguing and dangerous part of our route was passed over he had so far recovered as to be able to take care of himself for my attention which was only my duty to my friend i was doubly repaid by the kindness shown to me by his family when i stayed in washington which was more than i had any reason for expecting and which will never be forgotten by me on the river gila kit carson's party was attacked by indians during the night while they were encamped these savages threw a good round number of arrows into the midst of his men which however did no damage as early in the commencement of the assault he had directed them to hold up before them their pack saddles behind which they could pretty securely conceal themselves while lying upon the ground he also directed the men not to talk lest they should indicate their positions it was very dark and the indians from the above precautions being taken were frustrated in their plans his men lay very still and having previously received the order to do so they awaited the near approach of the red men when they were to use the rifles as clubs the reason which made this latter command best was because no man could see to shoot hence were they to fire at random they would only expend their ammunition a loss they were in no situation to sustain however the indians became weary of their shooting after a few hours and did not hazard a close attack but went away to parts unknown kit carson and lieutenant beale arrived at washington in the following june having accomplished their journey overland a distance of nearly four thousand miles in about three months a record which shows that they had not been idle while on the route with the exception of the indian attack sustained on the gila they were not again annoyed by the red men although over the vast tract of wild territory which they had traversed there roamed thousands of savages who often for the slightest pretext and frequently without any reason whatever will murder the unsuspecting traveller as it chances to please them hence to accomplish this journey it was not only necessary to know the direction to shape their course but also to be familiar with the haunts and habits of these various tribes in order to avoid them all of this knowledge kit carson the mainspring of this little party was well possessed of and as a matter of business guided himself and men in a direct and safe course the hardships and privations of this trip were trivial affairs when compared to most of kit carson's previous adventures and not considered by him as worthy of mention indeed kit carson appears so hardened in all kinds of vicissitudes that a man in his eyes must have stood on the brink of death before he has seen much real suffering but probably if the reader had been one of the members of this party he would unless equally experienced in western frontier life have considered that he had seen something of the world and the rough side of it at that it requires no small amount of courage and determination to start out with but a handful of men to perform the difficult and dangerous task of threading the american continent from tide to tide even at the present epoch but eleven years ago there were few men living who had ever performed or were able to perform the feat at all 
much less with the certainty and speed which lay within the power and experience possessed by kit carson in describing these trips he now speaks of them as lightly as a man would after making a journey of a few hundred miles in a railroad car he seems to have acted with the idea that this duty was expected of him and it required but the official orders to send him bounding over the country without regard to obstacles or dangers his final object was his destination which on reaching he was ready to quit at a moment's warning with as much sang-froid as a russian courier possesses when doing his master's bidding yet so cautious is he when travelling that at first to a new companion he often appears to be wanting in courage not a bush a tree a rock or any other hiding place on his path escapes his notice towards the heavens in search of smoke ascending from or crows as they hover about indian encampments which are deserted or for ravens and back again to the earth on the lookout for moccasin or horse tracks his eyes are continually turning there is a nervous action about the man that shows he is ever alive to meet and be ready for any emergency these traits are sure to instill confidence in his followers on starting from los angeles kit carson took but a few rations of provisions with him as he could not burden the few animals he had too heavily hence he was compelled to depend on the rifle and the chances of meeting with game this of course is always an uncertain mode of supporting life and consequently it not unfrequently happened that the party were out of food and went fasting yet not a murmur was heard on they sped in hopes of reaching their homes and firesides where kind friends were awaiting them and where their cares and troubles would be buried in the past and appear like dreams in the breast of the leader of this expedition there was throbbing a heart that was anxious to do its duty well for he was approaching not his family circle but instead the fireside of strangers to whom he was only known by name yet in the common cause of his country's honor he recognized in every american with whom he came in contact his true friend and therefore he also was very happy as he neared washington there he looked confidently forward to hear the words well done thou good and faithful servant at st louis kit carson had the honor of an introduction to the honorable thomas h benton who was greatly interested in him and who kindly invited him to make his house in washington his home during his stay there of this invitation kit carson availed himself and since considers that he was very fortunate in doing so for the best of everything was heaped upon him while he enjoyed the satisfaction of meeting and conversing with the great men of his country mrs john c fremont daughter of colonel benton and the wife of the distinguished explorer was in attendance at the railroad depot when the train of cars in which kit carson was traveling arrived in washington it was quite late in the evening when he reached the terminus of his journey yet notwithstanding this kit had hardly landed on the platform of the depot before he was addressed by a lady who said that she knew him from her husband's descriptions of him and that he must accept the hospitalities of her father's house the distinguished father-in-law of john c fremont became from the time of their first meeting in st louis the warm friend and patron of kit carson and up to the time of his death he had no cause to change his first impressions of him there was not a friendly favor within his power which would not have been given freely had it been asked it is one thing to make a friend but another to keep him and those who knew the true character of mr benton are cognizant of the fact that he was not easily won but when gained that he was true as steel 
as is beautifully illustrated by the able and devoted manner in which he stood by general andrew jackson it is indeed a valuable possession to know that one has friends who cannot be bought by wealth or other sordid attractions men who can discern through the rough garb of the working as well as thinking man those noble qualities which place them on a par this acquisition kit carson holds he easily makes a friend and never deserts him hence those with whom he comes in contact who are worthy of this name are enrolled on his side and he seldom has occasion to call a man his enemy kit carson was so embarrassed and overcome by the expressions of kindness and hospitality which greeted his first arrival at washington that he could hardly essay a reply and yet he was almost too happy at the opportunity presented of accepting mrs fremont's invitation if there was anything wanted to cement carson more firmly in his friendship and admiration for colonel fremont it was thus to know his accomplished and gifted lady the situation of jesse fremont has often been comparable with that of the noble-hearted lady franklin again and again she has been compelled to part from her husband when he started out to battle in the cause of science and in the words of the poet she seemingly said go wondrous creature mount where science guides go measure earth weigh air and state the tides kit carson remained some time in washington but had it not been for the many tokens of kindness which he there received he would have grown weary of the restraints of civilization as it was he continually longed to be once more in the mountains and prairies his desire in time was granted for having received the appointment of lieutenant in the rifle corps of the united states army from president polk he was ordered as bearer of dispatches to return across the continent from whence he had but recently come lieutenant beale had intended to return with him but did not eventually proceed any further than st louis there he became too ill to continue on the journey after arriving at fort leavenworth kit carson was furnished with an escort of fifty men who were volunteers in the war which was then being carried on against mexico with his usual promptness and dispatch kit carson was soon under way crossing the plains at leavenworth he learned that the comanche indians were at war with the whites as he knew them to be a numerous and treacherous tribe he had taken this strong escort in order to give them battle if they should be anxious for it however he arrived at a place called the point of rocks which is not far from the rocky mountains and on their east side without discovering any signs of these indians at this place they made their appearance the point of rocks appears to be a favorite place of resort for the indians of the plains it is notorious as being one of the most dangerous places for the traveler in all the far west it is a series of continuous hills which project out on the prairies in bold relief they end abruptly in a mass of rocks out of which gushes a cold and refreshing spring which is the main attraction about the place the road winds about near this point and therefore it is a chosen spot for the indians to lurk in order to catch the unwary pilgrim several encounters with the savages have taken place here which has caused it to be pointed out as the scene of bloody tragedies thereby making it quite historical the indians themselves had made this spot the stage on which has been enacted several desperate battles in making the journey to santa fe when these rocks are passed the traveller counts his march as being drawn to a close government troops on the lookout for indians on the plains rarely fail when they come from new mexico to give this place a visit end of section eighteen chapter twelve part one